0: What's up sifters, welcome to Ask Shane Anything. This show is possible because some of you pledge at $7 or more per month at the Ask Shane Anything tier. Those people get to ask questions for the show, everybody gets to watch the archive if you'd like to participate, and you can't right now, bump up that pledge to $7 and let's get it going. Hi-ya! Our first question today comes from Keith McWomble. Does Kick have a serious chance of being a successful competitor to Twitch? I have heard that Kik is paying out, in some cases, nearly double to streamers what Twitch pays out. Kik hasn't followed the approach of paying massive exclusive agreements with a top streamer that Mixer did and are trying to convince the majority of streamers to jump because they have made it easier to become affiliated and a partner and are just paying out more. Okay, I kind of answered a little bit of this question in the last episode of bashing Anything. I brought up Kik. However, I will try to answer it this time from a different angle and address your question at the same time while not being repetitive with what I said in the last episode. So for those of you who don't know, Kik is a competitor to Twitch. You may not know that because I didn't know that either until about like six weeks ago, we got an email from Kik asking us to leave Twitch. Um, There have been other competitors to Twitch in the past, but none have really come after us like that. And the email that they sent us basically laid out what you said. Um... They pay basically double what you get paid at Twitch. Now, there's a problem. And the problem is how Twitch has people locked into its ecosystem. And they've got us, I'll be honest with you. So we are an affiliate. We are not a partner. We're not big enough, I guess. I think really the problem is we don't stream enough. I think our average view counts are more than enough but we just don't stream enough. So we are only an affiliate, we are not a partner. However, as an affiliate, it does give us the ability to have subscriptions through Twitch Prime. You probably didn't realize this, but if you're not an affiliate, you can't even do the Twitch Prime thing. You can't have people subscribe to your channel and then make half of the money that they're giving you. So if you guys subscribe to Twitch Prime, that's 250. However, Twitch takes half of that, which is weird. It's like Amazon is paying itself there because Twitch is owned by Amazon. So anyway, when you subscribe with Twitch Prime, Twitch takes a dollar twenty-five, we get a dollar twenty-five. So we're not making that much off of it. However, it's still valuable to us and we need it. So the problem is if you are an affiliate with Twitch, you cannot stream anywhere else. If you do, I believe and there's like lots of small details about it, but I believe Cribnotes version is that you can't stream anything original um, on another streaming service first. Now, I can stream something on Twitch, and then I think there's like a two-day grace period that I can then upload it to Kick or other competitors like Mixer back in the day. Um, and if you get caught streaming on other platforms, you lose your affiliate status, and you lose your ability to make money off of Twitch Prime. So... You know, we have wanted to stream on YouTube at the same time as Twitch. But if we do that, we would lose our affiliate status as Twitch. And we're not sure that if we start streaming on YouTube that there's going to be that kind of a revenue turnaround for us on YouTube that will warrant us losing the money. And we're living hand to mouth here, people. Like, we need every dollar, literally. I mean, I'm still losing money every month, to be honest with you. So I can't afford to lose, like, that Twitch Prime stuff for a month or two while I experiment with Kick, even if Kick can promise that it will deliver double the money. But when it says double the money, it's double the money for your subscribers. And you can't give free subscriptions on Kik like you can on Twitch. So people who are Amazon Prime members, they go to Kik, they can't give us a free $2.50. It ultimately ends up being $1.25, but whatever. They can't give us that free money. Um, so people have to pay with real money. Now we do have a lot of people who pay with real money as well on Twitch. So you have both options on Twitch. You only have one option on kick and the uncertainty. So you look at mixer mixer was owned by Microsoft, Xbox, whichever you really would struggle to find a more reliable replacement than a streaming service owned by Microsoft. So people left, people went there, Ninja went there. And I can understand why. It's Microsoft. You think the service is going to last. It did not last. It's already gone. Mixer is already gone. If Microsoft could not start a competitor to Twitch with all its deep pockets and have it at least survive, I don't have a lot of faith for these other guys. So the fear is you ruin your status with Twitch and you're you're not an affiliate anymore. And once you screw that up, you can't go back. And then you go to kick. And maybe you almost make as much money on Kick as you did on Twitch, but maybe eight months from now, because of that, because they are giving money to the big streamers who are making big paychecks, not people like us, maybe they go under. And then we have nowhere to go. We can only go back to YouTube. So I think a lot of people are in that position. I think if you're a big time streamer, it might be worth trying to move to get the big payout. Because here's the thing for them, like if they left and went to Kick and Kick didn't work out, and they quit back to twitch like hey will you let us back in they're gonna let the big streamers back in if it's a small fry like us who isn't driving a ton of revenue isn't driving a ton of eyeballs and we go to try to go back they're gonna tell us to kick rocks so i think it's it's kind of another case of the rich getting richer hashtag capitalism um it's really hard if you're a smaller guy to get over the hump in almost anything it feels like anymore so um, that's kind of where we're at so we're sticking with twitch and i just don't see kick gaining a lot of traction. (laughs) All right, our next question comes from Red Fox. Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. In the past, Matt shared his quote unquote dream game. He described Ghost of Tsushima before we knew it existed, an open world game in feudal Japan. And we know Starfield could be another one for Matt as long as he can explore space and scan stuff. What would be your dream game, Shane? Well, first of all, I like the idea that you cannot on your own figure out a dream game for me because i think that shows that i i'm even handed and i don't get seduced by specific genres or specific developers like i'm an equal opportunity employer like if i like a game i just like it i don't care what genre it is i don't care who makes it so i think even for myself picking a dream game can be a little difficult because i am constantly pleasantly surprised by this industry. Games that I did not think I would be interested in, I am interested in because there'll be some little element about it that really catches on with me. But if you held me down and forced me to build my dream game, that's tough because I really like shooters. So I would probably say, oh, it would have to be a shooter of some type. But I also really like really tight third-person combat. So I'm a big fan of the last two God of War games. So If I could somehow melt a great first-person shooter with the great combat of God of War while the game is set in an open world, but all the cinematics are given the same amount of care, main character doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. Do I care if it's sci-fi or something else? I probably would pick horror, I guess, for... The tone of the game, so it would be a horror shooter melee game. But the main character could be whatever, guy or girl, I don't care. Although I would probably argue that I would like to play a game with multiple player playable characters. That's something else that I also would like. Um, open world. And it needs to look amazing. I think that goes without saying. It needs to sound amazing, that goes without saying. It has to have an amazing soundtrack. I'm a big audio and sound guy. Um, but that's as close as I can get it. Um, and it really kind of is impossible. Like you can't really combine like a horror shooter with God of war is just not going to work. But I'll tell you what, if somebody does figure it out, that will be my dream game. Hi-yah! All right. Our next question comes from consistent contributor Derek D one, one, one. If the duck consulting firm were real. What are three stupid ideas you would shoot down right away, video games or otherwise? Oh, Lord. (laughs) So some of you may be wondering, what is the duh consulting firm? If you don't watch Game Face, you probably have no idea what it is. But basically, it's this consulting firm that I fabricated in my head that companies would employ to keep from doing really stupid stuff. So here's one. Using de novo... (laughs) anti-piracy software in your PC games. This keeps happening over and over again. Publishers have terrible experiences with DeNovo and they just jump right back in and use it again. And then they have a problem and then they take it out. And it's just, it's so much of a hassle. I don't know why they do it. So that's one of my big complaints. Another thing that generally is a really bad idea in video games, if you want to make video games that sell is the escort mission or stealth Either one of those things are not really big sellers anymore. Now, it can be argued that Resident Evil 4 blows the whole all escort mission suck thing out of the water. I can get on board with that. I agree with that. So it can be done, but generally, most developers are not good at it. And that game was built from the ground up to be cooperative. So I give it kind of an exception, um, but I do think that it's generally a bad idea to create entire stealth games in 2023 i think it's a really bad idea to create games that have a lot of escort missions in 2023 i don't know why games can't get it right with the power that we have with these consoles now but it's just the facts now for something outside of games that the duck consulting agency could help people with and this spans all industries all walks of life all people never ever ever start charging people for something that they once got for free duh if you want to piss people off start charging them for stuff that they didn't have to pay for before um that has happened in games like we used to get free dlc and now they're starting to charge for it although you go back to pc gaming with the expansion pack and those sold in the past but console dlc at first When they wanted to get us used to the idea, almost all that stuff was free. Now, not all. Some of it's still free, but the vast majority of it is not. So that's one thing I would say that the duck consulting agents can help everyone with is once you've established a precedent, a way of doing things, do not try to take that away and then charge people for it. That is called bait and switch, and there is nothing in the world that'll make people more angry. Our final question for today's episode comes from Merle Hey Shane, how do you combat burnout or work exhaustion? Does the pressure for releasing content come mainly from you internally or externally from viewers? What is your internal process of deciding if an idea is worth pursuing? Thank you. Thank you, Murmelson, for contributing at the F Shane tier or higher. I appreciate every single one of you guys who are doing that. So thank you. Um, Let's see. I think this is a question about work ethic when it comes down to it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think that work ethic is something that you can manufacture or change. I have been... A hard worker, a workaholic, a, an above and beyond guy, a go-getter since I was like 14. Ever since my first job. it's I've just always been that way. And I think a large part of it is just my parents. You know, both my parents worked. My mom was a single mom, watching her bust her butt trying to support kids without another income. Uh, my father was just a hard worker and kind of a hard ass. Like He instilled um, great work habits in me at a very young age. Um, I had to work at a very young age. My dad, when I was like seven or eight, had me out like cutting banks with a weed whacker and like, and, uh, splitting logs. Like we were poor, so we had no heat unless we had wood for our wood stove. So at like eight years old, my dad had me out in the woods with a chainsaw, cutting down trees, cutting up logs, and then splitting the logs with an awl. So, um, I have been a hard worker my whole life. It's just been burned into me. Um, I have come across people who have terrible work ethic and I'm not going to try to guess why they have bad work ethic. Uh, it's not my business, honestly, but I'll say this. It's impossible to make them change. I've, as a manager, I've never managed to find, to take an employee who had a bad work ethic and get them to be like everybody else on staff. Like they can fake it for a while But inevitably, they will eventually do something that exposes their lack of work ethic. They won't go the extra step. They'll get to the end of something. They're like, I'm finished, and they're done. And they don't go back and check their work again, and they don't follow up. It's hard to change people like that. So, I have always been that way. I am always, like, first guy in the door, last guy out. In game trailers, I would get there, like, first dude there, and then I'd watch the whole staff show up, and then I'd watch the whole staff leave, and I'd still be there. And that's the way it always was. And generally, it served me well. I've had a lot of fortune, obviously, you know, and I've had people, you know, that were very generous helping me get jobs and things like that. You know, years ago it was, anyway. Um, And then I to return the favor by getting people jobs I was, once I was able to as a manager. But generally, I, I just think it's just in me. I think my parents put it in me. And maybe it is genetic because my grandfather was a hard worker too, and he fought in World War II. And my other grandfather was a hard worker. He was an, a, an executive at this company called PPG that makes um, glass for automobiles, and they make paint. He was like a VP there. So And he started as a glass worker. So I have, it's just in me to work hard. Now, day to day, what motivates me more, you guys or my work ethic? Well, I mean, I don't want you to think I don't think about you guys at all. Because I do. I mean, I think about you guys all the time. Like, (laughs) it's kind of scary, honestly, how much I try to figure you guys out to make you happy. Because, you know, all I really can go on is our Patreon. And... Literally since the day our Patreon launched, it has just been a slow dwindling. It's just been this, like, cut on our arm that has just slowly been bleeding out. And then when COVID hit, the cut was, like, gouged open and it's turned into, like, a steady stream. And so I never have positive feedback. I've never been able to do something for you guys and have it pay off in making more money. It's just always less. And so I'm obsessed with what I can do to keep you guys. Like, most of the people who leave our Patreon do not leave, like, exit interview, like, comments or whatever. And the ones, most of the ones that do, it was just like a misunderstanding. They're like, I don't know. I couldn't figure out how to get the podcast fees to work. But it's like, well, then reach out to us and we'll teach you. But they don't. They just leave and they get angry. Like, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard caring about you guys so much. And, not getting feedback to know how to better serve you guys. I've mentioned this in a prior episode of Ash and anything asking for engagement. Um, but I do think about you guys all the time. And like, if I didn't have this crazy work ethic, you absolutely would get my butt up early to do the work because I'm scared. <laughs> like you can't live in California for very long with no money. You will go broke. Like your savings will just get zapped in like six months. Like it's like over. You could have saved money for like, 10 or 15 years. And if you don't have a job and money coming in while you're living in California and you're just all putting it out, it's gone in like half a year. So that fear gets my butt out of bed every day. And it keeps me planted in this chair late at night, almost every night. Um, So I guess if I had to say, it's probably 60, 40, my own work ethic, and then 40% the fear of losing you guys or the fear of not being able to please you guys or keep you happy or make you guys feel like you're getting your your money's worth from our Patreon, that's probably the other 40%. <laughs> all right, that's it for this episode of Ash Shane Anything. I really love doing this show because it just makes me think in different ways um, than what I do on Game Face and all the other content that we do. Um, and I love that it's an open format and you can ask me literally about anything. Um, I feel like these episodes are always different. You never know what's going to be in one. Um, so thank you guys. That's all because of the people who are pledging at $7 or more per month asking, us, asking me great questions all the time. So um, we are going to be asking for new questions pretty soon. Again, I would really like to do this once a week, but we have to have the questions for it. So again, um, when you see the call for questions next time, please put questions out there. You can ask me about anything I know sometimes you may sit there and rack your brain, and you're like, oh, Pactor answered that, or Shannon, then ask me about something unrelated to games. I'm here, I've lived a crazy life, and you guys have not even scratched the surface of my stories, but I'm not gonna offer the stuff out there. You guys have to ask the right questions. So anyway, thanks again for all your support. We'll see you next time.